Hello, this is Pastor Rob Barber of Bethel Church in Tempers Plains, Ohio, where our mission is connecting people to God. I'm very excited to share the Word of God with you today because I believe God's Word is a powerful weapon designed by the Father to set the captives free. I trust the Holy Spirit will anoint this message and it will personally minister to you and set you free. God bless and enjoy this message. All right, let's talk about being encouraged. William Arthur Ward, Ward said this, Flatter me, and I may not believe you. Criticize me, and I may not like you. Ignore me, and I may not forgive you. Encourage me, and I will not forget you. Encouragement is so very important in the body of Christ. I believe we have a unique body that encourages one another. And we'll talk a little bit about that because that's so important uh, in taking the proper steps to stay encouraged, having people around you. Sometimes people need a little encouragement to do the right thing, you know. Sometimes we have to just encourage them. They're, they, they, uh, maybe they're moving away from their relationship just ever so gradually with the Lord. And the enemy's trying to come in. And they just need encouragement to get back to the place that they need to be. That's not condemnation. We're not condemning people. We're not saying, oh, you, you're, you're acting like a terrible sinner you pegging you. <laughs> We're not trying to do that. We're trying to just pull people back into to their relationship with the Lord because it's, it's, sometimes it's very obvious. You can see what's happening. As a pastor, um, I have seen this condition take place and many people that were excited and on fire with the, for the Lord and all of a sudden that fire begins to, to wane for a little bit. You know, it's uh, <laughs> I hate to put it in physical terms but it, I've actually seen it happen this way. Those people to begin with they were right there on the front seat. And then after a while they moved back and I don't care where you sit. It's not, it's not about that. But they move back to the, to the middle. And, and then before long, they're sitting in the back. And before long, they're out the door. They're not here any longer. Now, it seems kind of strange, but their spiritual condition is manifest in their physical, uh, you know, physically where they sit and what they do. Because they're just gradually moving back, moving back. God wants to encourage you this morning. And those of you who are sitting in the back, <laughs> praise God. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with your spirituality. <laughs> I hope you understood what I was trying to say. But sometimes we just need to encourage we encourage each other to do the right thing. The other day, I got a call from the IRS. And the auditor, he said, do you know uh, this guy, J.D. Story? And I said, yeah, I, 
I know uh, J.D.'s story. He's a good man. He attends this church. And, uh, he's a faithful attender. Why are you asking? Is there some kind of problem? Is he in trouble or something? He said, uh, no, but maybe. So I said, okay, um, what happened? He said, well, J.D. received a huge inheritance. And last year on his taxes, he said that he gave the church $50,000, a one-time donation. And he said to me, he said, is this true? Did J.D. give a gift like that to the church? And I thought about it for a little bit, and I said, he will. Of course, that's just a joke. <laughs> J.D., if you have $50,000 you want to give to the church, we'd gladly take it. But sometimes we just need some encouragement, and if that was true, I would uh, be encouraging J.D. to do the right thing. <laughs> so the first thing we want to do when we think about being encouraged and what it means to stay encouraged is we're always going to look to the Word of God. Encouragement comes from the Word. And if we're going to stay encouraged, we've got to look to God's Word. Let's look at Matthew chapter 13, verse 20 through 23. i give you a moment to get there. Matthew chapter 13. I've got the scriptures written out here. I won't open my Bible, but Matthew 13, 20 through 23. But he who receives seed on stony places, now Jesus had just told the parable of the sowing the seed, is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arise because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now, the, the Greek word here, tribulation, the ellipsis, means pressure. Pressure of any kind. It could mean uh, pressure put on us by people, but sometimes more, more likely it's, it's pressure. Uh, it's it's um, the kind of pressure or distress that we get from life. How many has felt the pressure of life? We all, we all do. We have these ups and downs and ins and outs and difficulties in our, our lives. Family issues. All kinds of things that are pressures in life. The other word here is persecution, diagmos. And it literally means to be persecuted by people. Persecution. Um, Every place in the New Testament where that particular word is used, it's translated persecution. And to persecute means to harass, for somebody to harass you, punish in a manner designed to injure, grieve, or afflict. So there's going to be pressure in life, but there's also going to be persecution as we walk through this life as believers in Jesus Christ. 
If you are a believer and you proclaim yourself as a believer, there are going to be people uh, that the enemy sets up in your life to persecute you. It may not be physical persecution, but they're going to find a way to make fun of you or say things about your God, try to uh, make you feel uncomfortable. Well, let me read this from the, living, uh, the New Living Translation, uh, Matthew 13, 21. But since they didn't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or persecuted for believing God's Word. That makes it pretty clear what, what he's talking about. So let's go on 22. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfaithful. Now it doesn't say he uh, just, he's completely gone. He just becomes unfaithful to his Lord. He's going through the motions, but he's not really being faithful to the things of God. But it goes on to say, but he who receives seed on good ground is he who hears the word, understands it, who indeed bears fruit, produces some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirty. So when we, we hear the word of God and we apply it to our life, there's going to be fruit that's going to come forth. Sometimes a hundredfold, sometimes sixtyfold, sometimes thirtyfold. It just depends. It doesn't, you know, we don't judge our fruit based on somebody else's fruit. Okay, this is really important because we have to recognize our relationship with Almighty God is our relationship. And what He has called us to, if you're faithful to do what He has told you to do, you're okay. You're doing right. You're doing good. You know, I don't pastor a church of thousands, but I'm here in this place faithful to do what God has called me to do. Fruitful. Fruitful in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The word here that is being used, it means it's logos, and it's a word uttered by a living voice. It embodies a concept or an idea. The Bible, this thing that we call the Word of God, or the Bible, it is actually the Word of God. What we call the Bible is God's logos uttered by His living voice. God has a voice and he, he speaks. Written down by over 40 different authors in 66 books, each one of them embodying God's concept of redemption for mankind. That's what this whole thing is all about. Man being redeemed by a loving, gracious Incredible God. It's all in here. Every book leads us to an understanding. Just a little different understanding. Until we finally get the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Once we get in the New Testament, we begin to see all these things in the Old Testament and the, a light bulb comes on. That's why teaching the Old Testament is so important. It laid the foundation for Jesus to come and do the work for us. That Jewish nation, the Israelites, they're, they're, they're mostly Jews now, but, but the Israelites, they were God's chosen people. 
And I'm not saying they're, they're not still God's chosen people. He deals with, with Israel different than he's dealing with the body of Christ because we as the body of Christ are God's chosen. We're a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a special people called to him. So whether we're Jew or Gentile, we are his people. But he set Israel apart for a purpose. And that purpose is going to be completed as we continue toward winding down this uh, time that we're in. The end of this age. And as we get to the end of the age, God is going to be dealing directly with the Israelite people once again. And bring them. He's going to do everything he can to bring them to a relationship with him. Okay, that, I didn't mean to get off on that. Okay, so the logos, but it's so it's not only this is not only logos, but it is also Rhema, which is translated from the Greek as well. Uh, but it's translated word. So when you read word, it's not always the same Greek word that it's translated from. In, in Matthew 4, 4, Jesus said this to Satan. He said, but he answered and said, it is written. Jesus had been tempted. Jesus was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. He was hungry. And Satan said, turn that stone into bread. And Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And that word there, word, is not logos. It's rhema. It's the concept of God's idea that comes forth to us from His voice with a defining, with a definite meaning. What I mean by that is that when the Word of God moves from logos to rhema to you, it has a defining meaning for you particularly in your situation and in your life. When you came to Christ, or if you never have come to Christ and you need to come to Christ, Jesus wants to save your soul. And when you do that, the gospel message, the Logos message, becomes rhema to you. You hear it, you embrace it, and it becomes alive. It's real word to you. That's, that's why Jesus said, when he said this to Satan, man shall, not, shall live by every word, every rhema, every concept that God put in his word that becomes light to you. That's what you live by. That's why uh, when Jesus said that, we recognize that physical food isn't enough. We need supernatural. Uh, we need to be fed supernaturally. We all need this, the supernatural rhema of God to penetrate our hearts. And when, you, when I stand up here and share things with you on Sunday morning, or somebody comes up and shares a word, a scripture, or whatever it is, 
and that hits home to you, it's become Rhema in your life. And it's something that you can grab a hold of and you can, you can walk with and you can believe it and you can fall back on it. The Word of God is that powerful. Many years ago, when I, before I became the pastor of South Bethel New Testament Church on Silver Ridge, that church was in a transition. Their pastor had left, a good man, uh, Dwayne Seidenstricker. I loved him much. He was a loving man, godly man. Uh, didn't have, uh, I, I don't know, I think he, somebody told me once he had an eighth grade education. But he was a good, godly, powerful man. And he loved people. And God used him in a mighty way in that little country church. He touched many lives. And I came in, I was one of those. We, we saved in that church, received Christ, and became youth leaders and started serving the Lord there. But then we, God called us, moved us away to, to Athens for a season, work there, and to learn and grow. You know, there was a, a, a time of growing and becoming who God wanted us to become and and believe it or not I, I know you think you all think that I'm perfect but I am still growing hallelujah <laughs> did you hear that my wife said amen hallelujah. we're all we're going to continue growing in the Lord you know this sanctification process continues till you die it's, you're going to, you, God's still going to keep dealing with you on issues and situations. But anyhow, I, I wanted to, to make this point because of the Word of God became alive to me. But not only to me, as they were, they were trying to make a decision uh, about having a pastor. And they had a couple people in the congregation that was willing to step up in the pastoral position or at least share it maybe. And... Um, one morning they were doing a, a, a Sunday school lesson. And while they were doing this Sunday school lesson, they were teaching on, um, they were teaching from the Word of God, but they were teaching from 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 8. Now this is in another place in Chronicles as well. But it said this, it said, Now therefore thus shall you say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the sheepfold and from following the sheep to be ruler over my people, over Israel. Now that, that's just a simple scripture. But there was one young man in that congregation because they were trying to decide what to do about a pastor. The Holy Spirit spoke to him and told him that the, the pastor was going to come from the sheepfold. From that congregation. Now, little did they know that it was somebody that was previously a part of the congregation. I didn't know at that time. But the Holy Spirit spoke. To, I think he was probably the only one that grasped that that morning. He told me about it, about it later. And the importance of that, and the reason I'm telling you that, is because so many times for me, when I've gone through times of discouragement and I want to stay encouraged, I go back to that word. I go back to that, uh, that rhema that, he gave, that God gave to this gentleman, Harold. 
who was one of the only people in the congregation that just heard something from God. And he passed it on to me. And I go to that word and I say, God, I'm, I'm not here because Bethel chose me. I'm not here because I decided. I'm here because you chose to place me here. And let me tell you, that's very important for you. Anytime, you, you get, you've got to find some scripture. You've got to find uh, some word that speaks directly to you. And if you're going through discouragement, you can go back to that word every time. There may be many more words, but every time you can go back to that word and not allow that discouragement to come in and overwhelm you. Now, I, I say this to you this morning. I, I don't say this in an arrogant fashion. I, I'm humbled that God chose me to pastor the church. He didn't choose me because of me. He chose me because it was His will. And that's, that's all. He's the powerful one. I, have, I, have, I feel like most of the time I have very little to offer. But my God is great. And He is powerful. So when I feel that way, I go back to this word. I say, thank you, God. According to the psalmist, no matter what we go through, the word of God can encourage us. Psalms 119.50 This is my conflict, my comfort in my affliction, for your word has given me life. Jesus has told us in Luke that blessings come from keeping the word of God. And he said, more than that, blessed are those who hear the word and keep it. Be encouraged this morning from the word of God. Always look to the word of God. Stay in word. How to stay encouraged? Number two, look to the brethren. Deuteronomy 3.28 As Joshua was getting ready to lead the people into the promised land he was a young leader he uh, had been raised up and taught by Moses of course God raised him up but he'd been taught by Moses to lead the people he was Moses' right hand man and Moses was turning over the responsibility to lead the people into the promised land and this is what God said. But command Joshua and encourage him and strengthen him. For he shall go over before his people and he shall cause them to inherit the land which you will see. Now, he wasn't, he wasn't going to allow Moses to enter in. But he told Moses, go up on the mountain. You can look and I'll show you the land. But Joshua was going to be the leader. And it was Moses' responsibility to encourage him. He needed to be encouraged because you remember he went into the land. He was one of the spies that went into the land. And he saw all the fruit and all the goodness that was in that land. But he also saw the giants that all the other spies saw. And those giants were huge. In fact, the scripture said that in our eyes and in their eyes, we look like grasshoppers. And those people had this... Uh, 
fear that overcame them because of these giants. And Joshua was one of the only ones, Joshua and Caleb, that said, we can go in and take the land. Why? Because he knew the Word of God and he knew the power of God. He had watched God move time and time again. So God told Moses, encourage and strengthen Joshua. Let me give you some scriptures about encouragement. Proverbs 12, 25. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. When you get a good word from somebody, it'll make you glad. A man has joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season, how good it is. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and settings of silver. A wise man will hear and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. Let me say this. If you need direction in your life, you need to be encouraged, go to the right people to get encouragement. Surround yourself with godly people that will give you godly advice and godly direction that will encourage you to do the right thing. Don't go to those people uh, on the wor in your workplace, in the office, or at the job site that they have no idea what God's will is. Don't ask the advice of them because they'll give you bad advice. They'll give you ungodly advice. They'll direct you in the wrong direction rather than God's direction. Surround yourself with godly people. If you have a major decision to make or you're feeling some discouragement, surround yourself with people. We've got such a good group of people here on uh, we used to meet on a regular basis. We're kind of getting back to this, trying to. And I have a group of uh, ladies that come, and, and we just pray and talk. Uh, and God encourages me through them. They're spirit-filled and full of the Word of God. And God just encourages me as pastor every time we meet to continue doing what God has called me to do. To stand fast and move forward. So if you're wise, you're going to get counsel from wise people. Proverbs 15.22 says, Without counsel, plans go away. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. <laughs> Was that the news? That's all right, Linda. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we needed something to break up the tension a little bit. <laughs> Man. In this letter to Timothy, Paul encourages Timothy to hold fast to the things that he taught him. And to expand his understanding. He said to Timothy in 2.7. Consider what I say. And may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Consider godly advice. And get understanding in all things. That's why it's so important to have people. Godly people speaking into your life. People who will give you good godly Advice from the Word of God that will stand with you, that will pray with you, that will do nothing but lead you in the right direction.
I'm going to wrap things up this morning, but um, has anybody ever heard of uh, a gentleman by the name of um, Howard Hendricks? No? Okay. Well, Howard Hendricks was a, uh, he was a seminary teacher, uh, a very educated man. Uh, he, he wrote uh, several books, but one that he wrote was Teaching Teachers. I used to use it to teach the, the teachers of here in, at Bethel. Uh, it's a fantastic book of uh, being able to understand what God desires for teachers to do. So Howard Hendricks is a, a really a good godly man, and he's impacted many people's lives. But the story of Howard Hendricks is really interesting because when he was a child, he was in a broken home, and there was a little bit of abuse and things go, going on. And, and Howard uh, developed the reputation of being a troublemaker when he was like in the fifth grade. So he said, when I went into the fifth grade, the teacher had called out my name, and, and when she did, she said, so you're Howard Hendricks. And, and he said, he shook his head, yes. And she said, I've heard about you, and what I've heard I don't like. You're a troublemaker. And he said, from that moment on, that year, he did everything he could to prove her right. The next year when he came into class, the sixth grade teacher said to him, called his name and she said, so you're Howard Hendricks. Nodded, yes. And she said, I've heard that you are a troublemaker, but I don't believe a word of it. I believe you're a good boy and you're going to do good things in this class. And he said from that moment on, she did everything she could to encourage him. Not only encourage him in his studies, but encourage him spiritually. Changed his life. Encouraging words from godly people will change your life. Stand with Hello, this is Pastor Rob again. I pray you enjoyed this podcast. What a blessing it has been to have you join us on this social media platform. If you would like more information about Bethel, please check out our website at BethelChurch.community. You can also follow us on our Facebook page at Bethel Church Tepper's Plains. Have a blessed day and remember, love never fails.